0: Hello, this is Pastor Marty Macedo from Fellow Helpers Ministries, bringing you another podcast from the pastor's study, Biblical Lessons in the Battlefield of Life from a retired pastor of 45 years who was saved after serving as a Staff Sergeant Airborne Ranger in Vietnam. My testimony is shared in podcast number one. It is my desire to share with you lessons the Lord has taught me over my years of living as a Christian and serving as a pastor, these podcasts are intended to whet your appetite for further personal Bible study. They'll be short, 20 to 30 minutes, and having your Bible and something to jot down notes might be helpful. If you have any questions, you can contact me by email, Masito F H M at gmail.com. That's M-A-S-I-T-T-O-F-H-M for Fellow Helpers Ministries at gmail.com. The title of our Bible study today is Being a Good Soldier The Meaning of the Term Lifer Being a Good Soldier The Meaning of the Term Lifer and we're going to begin our study by looking at Second Timothy chapter two verses one through four and ask this question Is your walk with Christ a life sentence or a lifelong commitment to your king? Let's read Second Timothy chapter two verses one through four. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this passage of scripture that's before us in the example we're going to be looking at in just a few minutes. And we pray, Father, that you will challenge us to be good soldiers for thee, that the things that we see in scripture today might take root in our heart and bring forth fruit. For we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. We're looking at the title again today, A Good Soldier, the Meaning of the Term Lifer. When you take a look at the word lifer in the dictionary, you'll find actually two slang definitions. The first definition of lifer is the idea of a person sentenced to imprisonment for life. The second definition of the term lifer is a military slang term, meaning a person who has chosen the military for a career. When we're taking a look at the idea of a good soldier that the Apostle Paul points out to Timothy here in 2 Timothy 2, verse 3, we're taking a look at the idea of a person who has chosen the military for a career. When you take a look at military people, you'll find that there are those that at times are drafted. I was a draftee in 1969. A draftee was taken into service for two years, and then two years they spent on what were called reserves active reserves. Enlisted men would enlist for four years. Sometimes there would be a three-year enlistment, depending on the branch of service, and they would have their commitment of four years. And then after they've done serving, they would go into secular work. But a career soldier, or what we would call a lifer, a person who chose the military for a career, would spend 20 plus years in service. And at the end of his retirement, there would be special benefits that would be with him for the rest of his life. Now, when we take a look at the idea of a good soldier, the meaning of the term lifer, we're not thinking of one who is a prisoner and committed to a life sentence. Sadly, some Christians kind of view their Christian life that way. They come to be a Christian, they make a decision for Christ, but then they think that living the Christian life is putting them in some kind of prison or locking them up in some way. That's not what God at all intends when someone comes to know Christ. But God does intend, when someone comes to know Christ, for them to make a decision to be what? A person who has chosen that life for a career. They have chosen that life to live as a good soldier, Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. And the purpose of being a good soldier is verse 4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. So when we're looking at the subject of our study today, a good soldier, the meaning of the term lifer, we are looking at not a prison sentence of a life sentence, but we're looking at a life sentence of serving the king. Now, when we think about that, we want to get some insight into that. And I think there's a real good way to do that. This is the week of Veterans Day. Uh, Veterans Day is actually Wednesday. I'm recording this on Monday. And when we think about Veterans Day and think about veterans and their service, there are often many stories that are shared this time of year. And I would like to share a story with you that I think exemplifies a good soldier, the meaning of the term lifer. It's not here in our New Testament passage of 2 Timothy chapter 2, but it's actually in an Old Testament passage, 2 Samuel chapter 11. So would you turn back there with me to the Old Testament and 2 Samuel and chapter 11. When I mention this chapter, probably the thing you think about most is David and his sin with Bathsheba, and there are good lessons to be learned from that, to be sure. But we also notice in chapter 11 of 2 Samuel that there is a strong emphasis on what I would term a good soldier, and I believe he identifies with the term lifer, and his name is Uriah, who was the husband of Bathsheba. And that's what we want to focus our attention on today. You know, David didn't go out to battle when he should have in verse one, saw a woman washing in verse two, went ahead and inquired of her, found out she was the wife of Uriah, but still brought her in verse four, lay with her and the woman conceived in verse five. Now Uriah comes to play in verse six. And let's begin by reading there. And David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. And when Uriah was come unto him, David commanded of him how Joab did, and how the people did, and how the war prospered. And David said to Uriah, Go down to thy house, and wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house, and there followed him a mess of meat from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord, and went not down to his house. And when they had told David, saying, Uriah went not down into his house, David said unto Uriah, Camest thou not from thy journey? Why then didst thou not go down into thine house? And Uriah said in verse 11 unto David, The ark in Israel and Judah abide in tents, And my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go into mine house to eat and drink and lie with my wife? As thou livest and as thy soul livest, I will not do this thing. And David said to Uriah, Tarry here a day also, and tomorrow I will let thee depart. So Uriah abode in Jerusalem that day and the morrow. And when David had called him, he did eat and drink before him, and he made him drunk. And at even he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but went not down to his house. And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab, and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter, saying, Set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retire ye from him, that he may be smitten and die. And it came to pass, when Joab observed the city, that he assigned Uriah Into a place where he knew that valiant men were. And the men of that city went out and fought with Joab, and there fell some of the people, the servants of David, and Uriah the Hittite died also. Now, as we read these verses, we notice they are emphasizing Uriah and something that I believe David had schemed up in order to cover his sin with Bathsheba. In bringing Uriah back to give a report, and then hoping Uriah would go to his home and lie with his wife, Then they could say, well, the child was Uriah's. But Uriah didn't do that the first day. He wouldn't do it. He slept at the king's door. The second day, even though David got him drunk, he still wouldn't do it. And so David had to come up with another plan. Another plan was, well, if Uriah dies, then people will think that he slept with his wife. And then I can go ahead and marry Bathsheba and I will look like the hero. Now that's another lesson for another time. But let me just summarize it in this way. In verse 27 of Second Samuel, verse 11, it says this, And when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her, that is Bathsheba, to his house, and she became his wife and bare him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Now, you can read chapter 12 and find out the details of all that, but I wanted to just make sure we understand that what David did was not an honorable thing, bringing Uriah back. It was not an honorable thing to get Uriah to try to lie with his wife. It was trying to cover his sin, and of course, in trying to cover his sin even further, he gives the death notice for Uriah. Just a sad chapter, to be sure. But in the midst of this sad chapter, we've got this good soldier. And this good soldier, Uriah, I believe exemplifies the lifer, the soldier that is committed to his king for life. And when we think about that, I want to use that acrostic and be able to look at five characteristics of Uriah's life that I believe are five characteristics that should be displayed in the Christian's life as he today seeks to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ, Second Timothy chapter 2. So what are those five characteristics? Well, you spell the word lifer, L-I-F-E-R. So first of all, let's take a look at the word, at letter L. Letter L, I believe, stands for loyalty. And as we think about a soldier, we see loyalty. I choose to give my life for my country. I choose to give my life for my country. You'll notice in chapter 11, verse 1, it is a time When kings go forth to battle, and Joab went, and his servants went with him, that included Uriah, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. But Uriah was loyal, and he knew that his position as a soldier was on the battlefield, and he followed Joab, his commander, into that battlefield. When David brought him back and said, go go down to your home, you'll notice again in verse 11 his loyalty. He said this at the end of the verse, Shall I then go unto my house and eat and drink and be with my wife as thou livest and as thy soul livest? I will not do this thing. First part of verse 11, he says, uh, Uriah said and the David, the ark, and Israel, and Judah, and, uh, and the abode in tents, and my lord Joab, and the servants of my lord are in camp. I'm loyal. I, I'm not going to go ahead and go out there and, and go into my home and, and eat and drink and lie with my wife when my troops are out Fighting, I want to be fighting with them because I am what? I am loyal. I choose to give my life for my country and keep that commitment. Now, the second word we want to look at is the word integrity, and that's for the letter I. And the word integrity, I believe, can be seen in verses 14 and 15. I choose to give my word and be trustworthy. I choose to give my word and be trustworthy. Look at verse 14. And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. What was in that letter? Verse 15. And he wrote in the letter saying, Set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retire ye from him that he may be smitten and die. You know, Uriah carried his death notice to Joab. Did you ever receive a letter, an envelope or something else and wonder what was in it? In fact, maybe once in a while, you've actually even held it up to the light to kind of see what might be in it. Uh, no, Uriah was different than that. Uriah had integrity. He was given a message from David, and he carried that message, delivered it to Joab, never dreamt of opening it, never dreamt of peeking into it. He knew that, we knew, and we see here that Uriah is a man of integrity. I choose to give my word and be trustworthy. You've given me this to give to Joab. I will give it to Joab. Notice the F. We've got L for loyalty, I for integrity. What do we see for the F in Uriah's life as a good soldier? Well, I believe here we see fearlessness. Fearlessness. I choose to give my life in facing the enemy, not fleeing from the enemy, I choose to give my life in facing the enemy, not fleeing from the enemy. Verse fifteen we just read the the notice that was sent was "Set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retire from him that he may be smitten and die." Verse sixteen It came to pass when Joab observed the city that he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew that valiant men were hottest point of the battle. And he said, Uriah, I want you to go there, and I want you to fight there. And Uriah fearlessly went into that position to fight the enemy and did not flee from the enemy. You'll notice now the word, the letter E. What does the letter E represent? I believe it's covered in these verses. It's enthusiasm. And the idea of enthusiasm is, I choose to give my best at all times, even when the odds are clearly against me. I choose to give my best at all times, even when the odds are clearly against me. In verse 11, this was hinted at. In verse 11, Uriah is saying at the end of that verse, um, he said, I will not go into my house. He said, I will not do this thing. Uh, he had enthusiasm. I, I, let me just read that again so you can get the gist of it. I'm just going to read the last half of the verse, but you can add the first half later. But he says this, confronting the king. Shall I then go into my house? The troops are out fighting to eat and drink and to lie with my wife. The troops are out fighting away from their families. As thou livest and as thy soul liveth, I will not do this thing. Do you notice Uriah's enthusiasm? I am a soldier. I am to be in the battle and I'm not going to shortcut that by going, eating, and drinking, and lying with my wife. What enthusiasm he had. But you'll also see that in verse 15. Look at the enthusiasm here. David knew, set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retire from him, that he may be smitten and die. David knew that once Uriah was assigned to that position, he would not leave that position till he got direct orders from Joab. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was Uriah in that battle and I saw the men to my right retreat, and I saw the men to my left retreat, I would say, well, I just didn't get the message, and I would retreat. But Uriah wasn't that way. His enthusiasm was such, I don't care if they've retreated to the right. I don't care if they've retreated to the left. I'm going to stay in my position till my orders are changed. What enthusiasm he has as a good soldier, the definition of the term lifer. And this brings us to our R. We've seen L, loyalty. We've seen I, integrity. We've seen F, fearlessness. We've seen E, enthusiasm. Now we see R, which I believe can be summarized with the word resolve. I choose not to be moved in performing my reasonable service. I choose not to be moved in performing my reasonable service. And what did that lead to? Verse 17, And the men of the city went out and fought with Joab, and there fell some of the people of the servants of David, and Uriah the Hittite died also. What a wonderful example we have of a good soldier. What a wonderful example we have of a lifer who chose to serve his king and country. Now, as we think about that, and we think about that expression in 2 Timothy, we have to ask ourselves the question, how does this term lifer apply to me as a Christian? If I as a Christian and to be a good soldier, I've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my savior. I am now a good soldier. Of the, I'm a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how can I be a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, I think we can apply these five things very easily. And we can ask ourselves this question, First of all, regarding loyalty. Am I choosing to be loyal to my Savior, Jesus Christ, and his church? Am I choosing to be loyal to my Savior, Jesus Christ, and his church? That's a very big commitment for a Christian to make. And yet, as Christians, we're to do that as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Number two, the idea of the word integrity. Am I choosing to be a man and woman of integrity and living and keeping my word and giving and keeping my word? Am I, am I choosing to do that? Or is our yay, yay. And is our nay, nay. Well, I hope that's our case. If we're going to be a good soldier, the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to have that integrity that people can hear what we say and believe it and can hear what we say and trust it. And of course, the only way we can do that is by having our hearts centered upon the Lord and our knowledge centered from the word of God. You'll notice number three, the idea of the word fearlessness. For the Christian, we would say, am I choosing to be fearless in the face of opposition? Am I choosing to be fearless in the face of opposition? I'm certain as I'm speaking that some of you who are listening have been in the hottest place of the battle for the Lord Jesus Christ. It may be with family members. It may be with friends. It may be in the workplace. It may be in the community you live. There are many situations that we as Christians get into that we're in a spiritual battle and, uh, and we face opposition. When we do so, we need to be fearless recognizing that we don't face it alone, but we face it with our savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Another characteristic that we can apply to the Christian soldier from Uriah, am I choosing, this is number four, and this would be the word enthusiasm, am I choosing to be enthusiastic in giving my best at all times? Am I choosing to be enthusiastic and giving my best at all times, whether someone's watching or not watching, whether someone knows or doesn't know, am I giving my best to the Lord? And then, of course, the word resolve. And how does that apply to the Christian soldier? Am I choosing to be resolved and unmovable in the decisions I have made? Am I choosing to be resolved and unmovable in the decisions that I have made for the Lord? Both the decisions in the past, both the decisions in the present, even decisions that are going to affect my future. Am I resolved to follow Jesus? When we take a look, if we can go back for a moment to that passage of scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 2, we recognize that the apostle Paul, who proved himself to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ, is now encouraging Timothy, whom he trained to be a good soldier, verse 3, of Jesus Christ. No man that worth, verse 4, entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Why? Because as a soldier he needs to be a lifer, that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. A life represented by loyalty, integrity, fearlessness, enthusiasm, and resolve. You know, you might ask the question, and I think we alluded to it just briefly back in the beginning. You might ask the question, why does someone determine to serve as a lifer? Well, that's a good question. You have draftees two years and then two years active reserve. and You have enlisted men four years and then a certain amount of years as reserve. And then you have the person who is a lifer who spends 20 plus years, many 30 and even beyond, and serving to their country. And one of the reasons people serve as a lifer is a reason because of the benefits that are involved. Uh, There are tremendous benefits for someone who will give those 20 or so years, and the Veterans Administration is always rewarding different men with different benefits, and we reward them as a country because we're thankful for the sacrifice they made in regard to serving. They were away from their families. They were in places of danger, very uncomfortable many times in the areas of service that they were in having to exercise these characteristics of a good soldier, loyalty and and integrity and fearlessness and enthusiasm and resolve. And we reward them for that. There are benefits to them doing that. But you know what's interesting? There are also benefits in regard to the Christian that will be a lifer and follow those same characteristics for the Lord. There are many places the scripture talks about this, but let me give you a summary of it in Psalm 68, verse 19, Psalm 68, verse 19 says this, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. When a person makes that decision to repent of their sin and to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, they are to become not just a Christian, but they are to become a good soldier of Jesus Christ. It's like you're enlisting in the Lord's army. But when you enlist in the Lord's army, there's a desire for you to do it and be a good soldier as a lifer, following these characteristics of the LIFER. And as a result, the Lord rewards us with benefits that far outweigh the Veterans Administration. Can I go back for a moment and share this in regard to Uriah? We looked at his life and we summarized it. And I want to go to another verse in the New Testament in Matthew, the first gospel in the New Testament, the book of Matthew, in the very first chapter of this gospel. And I want us to note something that I find extremely encouraging. In Matthew chapter 1, there are five women listed in this genealogy. And one of these women is Bathsheba. But Bathsheba is not referred to by name. Listen to how Bathsheba is referred to in Matthew chapter 1, verse 6. And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon, of her that had been the wife of Urias. What does God think? of such a man or woman, a soldier that is a lifer. What does God think about a man or woman who is loyal, has integrity, is fearless, enthusiastic, and resolved? It pleaseth him. Do you remember that? It says that in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of his life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. As this verse in Matthew chapter 1 says, of her that had been the wife of Urias. I believe the Lord is saying, this good soldier, yes, this lifer, is one that pleased me. May that be the commentary on our life. May we be not just soldiers, But may we be good soldiers. May we not be lifers like we're in some kind of prison here. We just got to get through it. It's hard. But may we be a lifer saying, I am so glad to be able to please him that I am serving. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the Lord of our salvation. So this Veterans Day, what do we think of? We think of our soldiers and thank the Lord for them, the good soldiers, men and women who have fought to keep our country free and are fighting today for the same reason. But also we think about our responsibility as a Christian to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Well, this has been from the Pastor's study of Pastor Marty Macedo, and you may email me at F H M at gmail.com. That's M-A-S-I-T-T-O fhm for fellow helpers ministries at gmail.com and lord willing we'll post another podcast next week but remember being a good soldier is a personal commitment not a prison conviction a life spent serving christ has benefits way beyond what any veterans administration has to offer have you signed up yet and are you serving as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening, and I trust you have a great day.